Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 18, Half Nelson from 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Latex. Oh, you mean Latex? No, that's boyfriend material. Now, why latex? What is what is latex in this movie? Chewing gum is made of latex. Oh. They were eating a lot of blow pops in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I figured that would be a good material Yeah. for this movie. So yeah, so this movie is directed by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who I said uh, last time are the team, is the team behind Captain Marvel. That's so interesting, considering that, Falcon's uh, in this, right? Falcon's in this, yep. And this is also... The movie in which Ryan Gosling got an Academy Award nomination. How, for what? Best Actor? Yep. He lost to Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland. The Notebook put him on the map for a reason. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of a pivot point between, like, sort of obscure early Gosling and, like, the superstar he's about to become. Because they're like, oh, this guy can act. Yeah, you're right, because we're going backwards. So we've seen him being, like, in all of these art films, kind of, you know? Leading Hollywood man, both in indie movies and also in La La Land and such, but yeah. yeah. So this is kind of a crazy movie. You've never seen this movie before, right? Never seen this movie, and holy shit, I have no idea what happened. Here's what I remembered about this movie. I remember that he was a middle school teacher, uh, because this is a movie that I've talked with Brian a lot, Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party Podcast on this network, because I was like, oh, you gotta do half dollars. He's like, nah, it's middle school, it's not high school. I was like, ah, shit. But I knew he was a high school teacher of a predominantly black school, yeah. and I knew that he was kind of a fuck-up. Uh, but I don't remember anything else beyond that. I don't like remember him smoking that he crack? was a crackhead. Yeah, like, it's, this is commitment to, this, this whole movie, I feel, for the purpose of this podcast, is a combination of, is this the most or the least boyfriend material moment? I can't tell, because they're kind of both at once. That's tr- very true. We always talk about, like, Zeph, and I'm always like, do you think Zeph, like, you know, hooked up with this chick on set? So for this one, I was thinking, like, do you think Ryan Gosling smoked crack on set? I don't think so. <laughs> he looked very friendly around cocaine, though, didn't he? He sure did. I'm not saying that he never has, especially... <laughs> you don't just, like, start and stop smoking crack. Like, you either smoke crack right. or you don't, so... Like, I don't want to put, like, weird meaning, but I feel like a lot of... Historically, a lot of child actors, which he was, you know, from the Mickey Mouse Club and stuff like that, and Hercules, which we'll get to, yeah. they sort of run, run into problems sometimes. I mean, he obviously... If he had, I, again, I don't know, do not do not sue us for slander. If he did, he obviously got over that, or he hides it very well because he's very successful. I have no he's judges also, about it. Could it. Just be, it, could, it could just be acting. Yeah, he just could be a really good... Do you have, like, a crackhead consultant when you do crackhead movies? Mm, do you think you maybe. bring somebody in to be like, hold it like this? Yeah, you bring in Bubbles. Bubbles from the wire. <laughs> oh, that's a good move, yeah. Well, the, well. On that note, did you catch all the other kids from The Wire in this movie? No, I'm not. I, I've Are only you seen The Wire once. I, I, I don't know who. So who's from The Wire? Michael was in it. Okay. In like the very beginning of this movie, and okay. Donut is in this movie too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They're two of the kids in his class. That's why, like, when I first turned this movie on, that I messaged you. I was like, "Holy shit!" Because it was like a wired season four reunion going on. When you message, "Holy shit!" This was like hours before I started watching the movie, and then when I was like, when I started watching the movie, I was like, "I wonder what." And like ten minutes in, he's smoking crack. I was like, "Oh, maybe that's what he's." You know, I mean, like, there's so much in this movie that you could be like, "Oh my god!" Uh, so I wasn't sure exactly what you were responding to. No, it was definitely the kids from The Wire. That's what I was talking about. Now I was trying to remember if like the one girl is one of the girls from The Wire too, but the main girl? No, not the main girl, like one of the other ones in the class. She reminded me of the girl that like freaks out in The Wire and like gets like stabs the other girl in the face or cuts the other girl in the face. Hmm. And I they I, I can't tell if I'm just thinking that they look very similar, 
or not, but I definitely recognize Michael and Donut in this movie. So. You know, I feel like, and this is, I think, just kind of a, a fact of life, sort of. I feel like in Hollywood at this time or any time, there's like a certain kind of actor who like will play it. Like they're like, oh, that kid can act like you know uh, a crackhead or whatever. He can you know be like a street tough kid in The Wire. Like let's get him in our movie. You know what I mean? Like also, the Wire, yeah, they were we coming know. off The Wire and yes. they're all pretty like famous. So like, and if you already have two of them, that's why I'm saying it's probably not a bad thing that like you have the other one in there. You know? Right. Um. So this was originally a short film called Gowanus Brooklyn. It won an award of some kind at Sundance, and the girl who plays Dre, the main girl that he yeah. like you know pals around with who catches him smoking crack and her mother were both in the short film the substitute at the very end mr light was originally the gosling role but then when they made it into a movie they hired gosling so this was originally like a whole thing i think two years before this and then they adapted it into a feature got gosling they also had originally written the main part to be like a 30 year old dude and then they i guess auditioned gosling they're like oh Let's rewrite him to be 25. Yeah. Again, it's sort of like he's still kind of the young, cool teacher that, like, relates to the kids and, like, the kids like him. Like, I don't think it really matters too much 25 versus 30. You know what I mean? Like, there's not – I don't think there's too much of a difference there in terms of a 25-year-old teacher versus a 30-year-old teacher. Yeah. But he's, like, the cool teacher who writes down insults on the board. Like, he's got the, the policy, like, if you insult another kid, they get to give you a date in history, and then you have to go do research and find out why that date is significant. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I thought that, that was, like, a nice way to do it. And, yeah, he seems like the coolest teacher ever. But, I mean, you know, he smokes crack and parties with hookers, so. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, the there's there's a lot of time. Like, this whole movie, like, early on, he's talking about the opposing forces, right? Like, he's, he's detailing history, like, these two forces going at each other. And, I mean, every movie is based around conflict. But I feel like in this movie in particular, there's a lot of that conflict, like, him versus the principal. And, you know, early on, she's, like, saying you need to be going through my binder, you need to do the civil rights unit, whatever. But I feel like, I mean, even if they're not, like, learning specifically what the principal wants, I feel like his way of teaching history is going to have a longer-lasting impact on these kids than just being like, all right, like, open to page whatever, and let's read through that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... And you see that because then later, when he's, like, all wasted at the bar, that the bartender comes up to him and is like, my daughter's at um, Georgetown now. She studies history. You were her teacher. She loved you, you know? And he is, like, too wasted to acknowledge it. But I think you're a thousand percent right. Like, that's what's going on here. You could be ta- – I don't remember a lot of what I was taught in, in school, like especially like history, because I'm, I'm, never, I'm never really super into history. I'm not a history guy either. But I feel like if I had insulted you and then you hit me back with a date and I had to go home and I had to research Brown versus Board of Ed or I had to research whatever and then give an oral report to the class, even if it's just a minute or two, like, that would stick with me. I mean, obviously, he's not uh, the best all-around person in this movie because he is a crackhead. I feel like his way of doing things is going to stick with people like the girl who went to Georgetown, like you said. Like, I feel like maybe, you know, the, who knows, the district that's coming down on the principal hard and the principal has to come down on the teacher's hard or whatever, and they have to do a certain curriculum. But I feel like, you know, he's got he's got stuff figured out. Yeah, he does. And I agree that he's, he's just leaving a lasting impression. This movie felt a lot like season four of The Wire. Like, now that I even see the kids in it and now that I'm paralleling it. Like, remember in, in the one, maybe even season five, where they just teach them, like, for the like whatever test that they're yep. taking yep. principles like no we just have to teach them for the test and prez is like but like we could actually teach them here you know it's like a, it's a different world it yeah oh, there's prez. a lot of parallels to that i think so too so i'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna be talking about it like kind of through that scope oh no that's fine i think it's hard not to especially knowing how much you love the wire like i wish that i sort of the wire was fresher in my brain so i could sort of contribute there yeah but i feel like that's sort of a problem with a lot of education not that i'm a teacher but i like from what i hear 
and especially in sort of yeah. lower income education, is that there is such a drive to hit a certain test grade or a certain test score or a certain whatever standardized testing across the state or the district to get funding to sort of keep your school moving that they teach to the test as opposed to teaching for life. Exactly. Again, not that Gosling has life figured out, but he sort of feels more in touch with the world around him, if only because he spends time in a cracked and as a, as a girls basketball coach, like he's active and he's involved and he's teaching more so I feel like we don't really know we don't see a lot of him in action but then Dennis O'Hare who plays like the creepy janitor or creepy uh, butler I think in the early American Horror Story seasons um, you know he's a co-worker who's like reading the newspaper I feel Uh, like he's kind of more old school like oh like look at this like this is a this is a thing yeah like reading the newspaper all the time and like telling him like goofy Florida man stories yeah I don't have a ton of boyfriend, most or least boyfriend material moments I want to because... Talk about, I want to talk about the relationship and, like, my thoughts on this movie that, like, as I was watching it... Which relationship? Him and Dre? No, the, like, the tri- the triangle relationship. Like, okay. him, Dre, and her brother's... I'm assuming that's, like, her brother's, like, drug-dealing partner, right? They don't explicitly say it, but I think, you know, she visits her brother in prison, who I think was probably busted for, for drugs. Yeah. And right before we meet Anthony Mackie... Gosling gives Dre a ride home, and she's talking to her mom, and her mom's like, did your dad pick you up? And we, don't ne- we never see the dad the entire movie. No, we don't. And so then we see Anthony Mackie, was like, oh, is he the dad? That's what I thought, too, because he, like, gives her candy, and she, like, stops by. He's like, oh, I like your hat. Like, you know, that was your brother's, and you're like, oh, okay, like, maybe that's her dad. You know, because Anthony Mackie, if, if he was her dad, I think he seems very attentive, he seems very into her. Like, it would, you sort of have to be like, well, why isn't he around? Maybe he's just putting the drug dealing business first or whatever, but it feels like the dad's just a fuck up. He, he might be, like, you know, a, a drug addict somewhere, like in a gutter somewhere, right? Or yeah. just absent for whatever other reason. And so, yeah, there's a triangle between, not that either is a real true bastion of goodness but there's the sort of the light side the good side with gosling even though he is a crackhead and the you know the dark side the drug dealing criminal side with anthony mackie it was hard for me to piece together this whole movie felt like at some point gosling was gonna make a move on this young girl and i was so nervous for that to happen please don't make me watch this you know what i mean and i'm glad that they stayed wholesome friends the dynamic was so weird did you feel like that they were almost in an actual relationship like the three of them were like fighting over a girl like no i don't i I never really he was gonna make a move on her and i never because i felt like the way that i saw it was that she caught him at his worst, and she... Well, they were kind of friendly to. before this. He's the coach. Yeah. They were, like, he'd given her a ride home. Like, you know, they seemed like they were, like, okay. Like, he's, like, kind of, like, looking out for her. And I'm like, that's fair. I didn't see anything really wrong with this. He is worried, and I'm, I think this is probably, you know, part of what your thing is, too. But he's worried that she could end him, right? Like, she could go if she no, wanted to. Not I that, not that, that she worried, want to. I think that he's more worried that she's going to not succeed like educationally the reason i think that like because what you had viewed as like possibly predatory sort of child molesty whatever yeah i see him as like if i sort of prove myself that i'm a good guy or whatever i keep her near me i keep doing her favors she won't end my career by going to the principal and being like well i I, you know know that crack file you caught i know whose it is i don't think so because he doesn't really seem to care about his career. He doesn't give a fuck about, like, actually being... Like, he cares no, I, about he, the I kids. I think he does. He cares about the kids. He doesn't care about being a teacher. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think he cares... Because at the end of the movie, or toward the end of the movie, he's talking about how the kids keep him grounded or whatever. And I feel yeah. like without his job... I mean, even if he doesn't like the job, like, I think he would probably rather be doing nothing. But I think he knows that without that job, he would be dead. Like, he would literally be overdosed in a crack den or on the street somewhere. Like, I think... Fair. 
as much as he doesn't want to do the work, he knows he has to to sort of keep himself relatively clean. And I think we sort of see that a little bit with his ex-girlfriend who comes in, and she went to rehab, met a new guy, she's engaged. He tried, he says he tried to go to rehab, it didn't work for him or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think he knows that he needs this job, even if he doesn't want it, because who really wants to work? Without this, he would be dead. Even though he doesn't want to work, he knows he has to. And I think because of that, he's trying to make sure that, like, oh, let me keep this girl happy, you know, let let me try to make sure her life is better so that she doesn't take away the one thing that's kind of keeping me alive. I see your logic behind it. I don't buy into that at all. I think okay. that he does really like her. Like, they actually do have a relationship, which I can so coexist. Too, yeah. I don't think that he really cares about the job other than the kids, because if he did, he would not He would be like, okay, like, come on, let's try to do, like, a little bit of the civil rights, like, part of the unit. You know, your principal's on me. Like, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't care about the job. So, like, I think that if she did tell on him, he would just be like, okay, fine. Like, it was eventually going to happen anyways. Like, I think that their relationship's stronger than that. I think that when she showed him compassion in that moment, that he, like, was like, oh, shit they had a connection from that. You know what I mean? Like her kind of taking care of him was like, he, he felt strongly towards her. Like, Oh, you actually are a friend, even though this is creepy, you know? I just don't think that there's any kind of, like, I never sensed any kind of like predatory, like your worry would never enter my mind, especially because. Oh, it's so weird, but it's like, it, but there's so like, there's so much like tension. Like even when she's like wiping his head and holding his hand, like, it's there, man. Like, they're they're close, you know? That's I think because nobody else shows him that compassion. Like, I think, you know, he goes to the bar, and this is kind of like... And nobody else really shows her that compassion either. So yes. it's like... It's a two-way street. But, like, you know, he goes to the bar in sort of like a, a prequel to Crazy Stupid Goss, where he goes to the bar and, like, just everyone is just staring at him, right? Like, the two women yeah. in the beginning. Like, he can get women. Like, I know that, you know, that's not exactly like, you know, predators have all the sorts of different... Like, it's power. It's not about sex or whatever but yeah. i feel like we never see him like sexualize the kids like he can get laid if he wants he can have a good time with or without drugs he's got the co-worker his the other teacher he's apparently in like some on again i don't know if they're in actual relationship or just like sort of like fuck buddies or whatever but i never got that like i feel like that's a separate thing i just sort of but I think do you it's notice that, like, how he always lacking. he always goes and like pursues a woman after he's with this girl though do you see why like i'm saying this seems predatory to me he's like oh like they hang out they have like some really weird tense moments and then he's like at a bar trying to fuck another chick and the way the movie is like cut too there's like many scenes where like you see her alone and him trying to hook up with someone yeah, I think that might just be that, like, she makes yeah, him feel better. Like, as opposed to being, like, in a self-destructive pattern where he wants to go do drugs, he's sort of like, I need something else that can sort of be a little bit better. I don't know. It's also just a, a routine, like, a repeating self-destructive pattern. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get at all the sense that he wanted, to, like, that he was sexualized. Because, like, nothing ever suggests that, like... I know, He never it's... makes any moves or says anything. Like, he seems as bad as his demons are, that never comes into play. It, it, there was, like, this undertone to it, to me, that just resonated through, and I was just like, oh, God, like, I hope he doesn't touch this girl. Like, that's all I kept thinking throughout the whole movie. And I think it's just, like, the way it's shot, and it's it's a great movie for the fact that it makes me feel that way, you don't see that way. Like, for us to have two completely different emotional experiences towards it, that shows how good the movie is. And I think that's the kind of thing where, like, if you pick up on that reading early on, you might not be able to shake it because, like, it's the kind of movie where, obviously, this guy has problems, and you can sort of ascribe any kind of demon to him that you want, 
And if you're if yeah. you pick up on something, you decide something, your brain's like, I think this is it. It's not like the movie's doing anything to dissuade you from that. Yeah, right? I was so, just like, I was like watching, you know, with like my eyes kind of shut being like, please don't show me like what I think is going to happen. And then, but you also see it the same way with, so back to like the love triangle part is like her brother's friend. What's his name in the movie? I just wrote down Falcon. I just have no Falcon. idea. Okay. So then you see Falcon and he's kind of having this same relationship with her too, you know? Like he's like, oh, you can come like be safe at my house. Her mom isn't really that not there. You know what I mean? Like normally in these situations we see a wire situation where maybe her mom was a crackhead. Yeah, her mom's and just like, working like 16 hour days. Like that's the, that's the she's only. She's an EMT yeah. and she's working like 16 hour days. So she's, so she's absent, but she's not like emotionally absent. You know what I mean? Like she like still like cares about her. You see that she like takes care of her and she's like working to support her. And we see that she's frustrated that she can't do more for her. Like her, she's mad exactly. that her dad doesn't pick her up, but she has to like sort of get by that, you know, what, like, she is. She seems like a great mother who's still like a single mother, essentially. Yeah, or she's just struggling. Whatever, yeah. So we see him do like the same thing. Like, no, I'll give you a ride home and like come hang out with me and like all this other stuff. But that one felt to me a little bit more like he was kind of grooming her to like join the drug trade with him. He needed a kid that would deliver for him and stuff like that. And he knows like her brother's cool and her mom could use money and stuff like this. So it's felt more like he was trying to like induct her into a gang but he also seemed like he had like some weird relationship with her and i also thought at some point that he was trying to hook up with her sister his sister too and i was like oh this is all so weird and i could sort of see that a little bit more i think maybe just the way that the movie portrays like gosling's kind of a hero also you know we talked recently on i don't remember if it was i think it might have been a gosling movie i just can't remember what gosling movie. oh no it was beach bum on zack attack where i taught i taught you about save the cat right where like matthew mcconaughey picks up the cat and like the save the cat moment is the moment where early in the movie where it doesn't have to be a little cat usually not a literal cat but like yeah you can tell he's a good guy think about this dude he literally picks up the cat again but that's after his cat dies he Uh. is so neglectful that he like you know this cat that he like wakes up so sweetly like the cat's sleeping on his belly while he sleeps a couple scenes later i guess he just forgets to feed it or you know the cat maybe eats a crack vial or whatever like something happens the cat dies and apparently when he picks up the cat that was an improvised moment and the, the directors liked it so much especially given that the cat had just died that it felt natural but what i liked about that knowing that it was improvised is that falcon goes along with it he's just like yeah, don't bring don't bring that cat in the house like put the cat he's down like, yeah you put the- yeah exactly that's like a really hood ass thing and then he like shakes the fence to scare the cat away that's kind of like the second chance you know because this whole movie is about second chances right like he talks early on the about, you know, like, about one decision chances. you know one decision is not a man maker whatever and you know you don't always have that kid, second, second chances are rare yep so that's sort of the second chance i guess with the cat with the pet with showing affection to the world i don't know but the what i was saying about you know falcon being sort of predatory i I think the way that it is, it depicts both Gosling and Falcon. Falcon is supposed to be like he's the charming, like he's kind of the devil, right? Like he's like this charming, like you know, yes. hey, like come with me, like you got a life of riches, like you don't have to like flip pancakes here at this uh, this diner for 150 bucks a week. You can come with me. You go run the shop. I'll give you 20 bucks just for like dropping this one, this one thing off, right? Like, yep. That's like come with me, you know, the dark side and Gosling for his demons like he's sort of more tough love kind of i mean he shows affection but he's like this is the way to sort of walk the path right and so i think because of that because of the way that they're set up i can see falcon being more predatory or like you know grooming her to be you know his lieutenant or whatever and then also once she's fully under his control utilizing her for sexual favors or whatever i feel like just because that's the way that they are like i don't think there's any kind of like direct sexual harm in this girl's future but down the line absolutely like if he just like can use her to her full and then like you know 
she flips or she becomes no longer useful, he can just toss her out on the street or whatever. Yeah, but it's also her, his boy's um, sister. I don't think he's really going to do that. That's why it was like seemed like more predatory to me. Like, yeah, I would like to imagine that you're like, you know, you would take care of your friend's sister. That's cool. I get that. There's a small neighborhood. But like also it just it feels so weird, man. This whole movie was just like it had me really on edge. I think because there's not really much of a plot, like the plot is just like it's kind of a slice of life, right? Like we talked about with yeah. uh, Song of Song, Gods to Gods. It's like there's not really things going on. It's just two weeks in this character's life or these characters' lives. It's just him trying to get by her sort of being pulled in two different directions and then ultimately you know through their relationship with each other they kind of both have a second chance like that's the movie like, there's not yeah. really things that go on he probably gets fired probably he, he coaches a couple basketball games he goes and smokes a bunch of crack he picks up women he has a relationship that sort of begins or continues and then ends with his co-worker but that's yeah. it like there's not i don't know what this like, there's not a plot here and i think because there's no plot you're able to focus on like the scenes of unease and feel like i don't know what's happening here because you don't know what's coming next because there's not really a narrative to follow. On this note, and what we were talking about before, do you think this is a Best Actor nom? But if it wasn't Goss, and we, we love him, and we obviously want him to be nominated for every role, do you think this is like legitimately a Best a best actor role. I think it is because he's great in this movie and I also think I mean it's difficult to say at the time because what we have seen for this podcast since has not happened yet but I think knowing who he is going into this movie sort of as like the sex of, also there's going to be some like crazy roles that he's going to play from from the rest of this like what we have not seen yet I know that I've seen a couple of these movies there are some like crazy roles. I think it's this like kind of an indie darling Look at this guy who just came off the notebook a couple of years earlier, who is now just like embodying this teacher. This is not, it's not written to be like an Oscar nomination, nom- nominated role or whatever, but I feel like this is like a showcase. Like if you pull this off, your people are going to, it's going to be a slam dunk. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's so believable and emotional. And like you have to play like a crackhead that's a teacher that's compassionate. That's a pretty widespread, right? Like if he was playing like just some random crackhead in the crack den, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like you, right. you did that good. But like to show like all of these, to this show both sides of, of it. Yeah, to show the whole breadth of emotion. So is, here's is the here's the best actor noms from that year. So Forrest Whitaker won for the Last King of Scotland. I think where he plays Edie Amin, which I've not seen that movie, but you know I haven't either. Yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond, which I remember seeing and I think was really good, but I don't really. I mean, yeah, Peter O'Toole in Venus, which is a movie I've never heard of, and then nope. Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness, where it's again sort of him struggling to get by, raising a kid. So it's similar, I think, in that way to Half Nelson, right? Like it's yeah. Was this like Sad Dad year of? I guess of... so. I guess so. Of the Oscars, apparently. Also, the same year was Little Children, which is another very sort of fucked up movie Kate Winslet was nominated for. But like, yeah. Oh, also, this is the same year as Little Miss Sunshine, which you're trying to get you to guess at that letterbox game. Like, this is, it feels like, oh, yeah. again, this is sort of the entry or the, the, again, the pivot point toward like mainstream indie, right? Where it's like, it was big in the 90s and now it's coming back. Like, we can have it in mainstream theaters. And this is now a showcase for like up and coming talent, both in front of the camera, behind the camera. Yeah. I think you need to get like a good sense of like, where this fits chronology, like chronologically, for it to to for yeah. us to suss that out, and that makes a lot more sense. Then, yeah. How many times did you bring up on Zach Attack Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds? Right, like it's it's this. This kind is of... Dangerous Minds. I was thinking that yeah. too, but The Wire just like which is very similar. So like, but I was thinking Dangerous Minds the whole time. Dangerous Minds is just like if Ryan Gosling was this teacher, but also not a crackhead. Because I think what also works well, and this is something that we've talked about a couple times, I think, on podcasts, is that this could very easily in a worse movie and worse and less capable 
evil hands be like the white savior like oh look at this handsome white guy True. teaching these you know you know poor black kids and you know mixed race kids or whatever about history about like, like the white guy teaching them civil rights but yep. instead because he's got his own demons because he's approachable and relatable it never comes close to that it's never like oh boy like look okay like it's not like the blind side right like i love sandra bullock yep. we're gonna get to sandra bullock you know we, we talked about a couple episodes ago how gosling dated sandra bullock but it's not like oh look at this rich white lady bringing in this poor black kid who's gonna go on to be an nfl player right like it's not yep. like it's never gosling saved jazz in la la land this is like exactly Green Book. It's never Green Book. He didn't cure racism. Yes. This is him battling with his own thing and just trying to leave an impressionable, like you know, a good mark or a good impression on these kids. And I feel like which is really of that, cool, yeah. because because Falcon has this predisposition to him, right? Like when when Goss approaches Falcon, he's like, "Oh, just because you're white, like you know the right way to do this." And Goss is like, "Dude, no, that's not. This isn't what this is about at all." You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just don't want her hanging out with drug dealers. Like I. I know, like, I can relate to this, yep. you know? It, it didn't feel, this because this could have gone really bad, you're right. If it would have been a White Savior movie like that, like, oh, God. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that I was looking, because this, this also sort of feels like the kind of movie that could have been nominated for other awards, and it looks like, at least in the major categories, it was only Gosling, or the major awards was only Gosling. So, like, this wasn't nominated for Best Picture or Best Screenplay, because I feel like... It could have been Best Screenplay and stuff, yeah. I could see it's it, It's good, you know? but it's not, like, transcendent. Like, I think what makes this movie memorable or significant, not just for this podcast is, is because of is Gosling and the way that what he brings to the role. That's fair. Before we go through the uh, other most, the, I guess go through the most and least boyfriend material moments. Is there anything else you want to sort of talk about with the plot? Because I feel like there's not much now, talk about the plot. No, I, we got through all the things that I wanted to talk. I wanted, I mainly wanted to get your take on their triangular relationship and try to figure out what was happening in the movie. I guess yeah, it's just slice of life and yep. and we talked about it and I, you sorted out a lot of things in my brain for me talking cool. through it. I mean, most of my notes are just the things that he has in his hands, which we will play very shortly oh because there are so it's many good gr- things. It's a great what's in your hands game today. Yeah. But here's just a quick rundown of what I have as boyfriend material moments. Again, most and least together after the basketball game, the first basketball game ends. What I also love is that he's in the hallway talking to Stacy's parents. It seems like Stacy's the star basketball player, right? Like she's the Maybe. one. What I mean, we don't really know her because she sort of goes away yeah. and Trey becomes the, the lead. You know, I just like he, him talking to the parents in the hallway. It's like, you know, I think we got a really good chance as long as we got to the, the, the one thing we got to figure out is how to put the ball in the hoop. Like, you know, aside from the it's very like a basic Bill Belichick kind of answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like we should win more, lose less. Yeah. Like, you know, if, exactly. we, if we can score points, you know, I think we're, we're in pretty good shape right after that. Like he's, he showed this great, you know, level of compassion and this great, you know, he doesn't have to be the, the girls basketball coach. It feels like a, a volunteer. Like it's not like he's getting paid a lot because his apartment apartment is dumpy as shit like he doesn't have a bed he's got a mattress not even using sheets he's also like, smoking crack all the time so also that but so he's he's giving it his all he's being this great role model make sure all the girls are gone and he feels like he's doing a nice thing like oh are all the girls gone and she's like yeah all right and then he goes in and smokes crack and then dre finds him and then he like sobers up a little bit and then drives her home like again it's like most like he does a nice thing for her because he's driving her home the whole movie but it's also his student just caught him smoking crack in the girl's locker room like that's a real mixed moment right there. Yeah, I think that they should have played the song Smoking in the Boys Room in the background of that scene. This score Smoking is predominantly in the, boys room. the Broken Social Scene, which is a, a pretty popular band. Drop one Molly Crew song in the back here, just like, oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> and make it like a little bit more upbeat. It wouldn't have been so <laughs> so stressful then. He could do like a tap dance in the bathroom like as he's smoking in the boys' room. Um, yeah. Also, he does do a, a really goofy kind of uh, white boy dance with the elbows at that dance. 
Yes, he does. Also a real weird, like he, another mixed boy from Cheryl moment in that scene is where Dre doesn't seem to be having a good time at the dance and like he tries to get her dance, but he's also like, that's sort of, pred- like he, he kind of starts grinding on her a little bit. Do you remember that? This is what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. There's all of these things. I get that you didn't see it and I wish I could have watched it without seeing that. Once it was in my brain, I was like, oh, and then he like chases her out like, where are you going? You know what I mean? Like she can go home and, and he's not like, no, just wait, you know, it's not safe out there. Like, let me give you a ride home. He's like, no, like you can't leave right now. I'll ride you home later. Just come with me. And, and that like, seems to be like, because that's the, that's the pivot point for her. Like she then goes with, with Falcon and he, like for the next like 20 minutes or half an hour of the movie, she's with him, right? Because he yeah. drives her home, and then he's doing drug deals with her and stuff like that, and I don't know... Gets her bike back. Yeah. yeah. Another, a, a least moment is when he sees Dre, like, I think, like, right after she catches him smoking crack and he drives her home, I think he tries to avoid her. He sees her sitting out front of the school, and he sort of, like, sprints by her behind her to not... Yeah confront her so i was like oh, that's kind of shitty on the same note of their relationship like when she comes up to the car and she's like hey and he's like i just want to be fucking left alone whatever like you don't see other kids talking to me leave me alone yep like that's pretty shitty because like he knows shitty. that she's impressionable like and if you were kind of friendly like don't be a dickhead to this like at least care about her as a, a student yep. you know what i mean yep. i get that now that you're friendly but like that doesn't give you the right to now be a shitty friend right in the second basketball game, I think we see two basketball games. Uh, yes. I love him getting tossed. Like so, as we're oh recording this. Oh my god! This, I know this is definitely top tier boyfriend material moment. As we're recording this, uh, this past week, Aaron Boone just got the Yankees manager just got tossed. From I a saw game. this. It was really cool. Uh, his tirade was incredible because you could even hear it on We're TV. Fucking savages in the box. Fucking savages <laughs> in the box. But on the field to the umpire, he says, "Fucking get better." Like just <laughs> that's, this is that's this the, is the like best the insult or, ever. This is like the first or second thing. Like the, uh, this umpire had had a terrible strike zone, and Boone's like yapping from the dugout, and he gets tossed, and he storms out. He's, he's getting his money's worth, and he just says to the like the young home plate umpire, "Fucking get." better i was like oh this is incredible i love the idea that you're that hurts someone so much yeah. more yeah. and it's not really that mean right like you're not like oh you're a piece of shit or like you look like an idiot or, or like you know what like i mean disappointed like, that it's like you know i i, I yeah. expected more i thought you were better at this yeah like just get better like th- that was something that like i would go home that night and i'd be laying in bed like motherfucker get better <laughs> like he doesn't even fucking like that's like you know like if he was like you know you have big ears you doofy fuck you'd be like oh okay whatever i do have big ears like and Gosling's burn, like why he gets tossed, is not as as mean. But he's just like, oh, like this, like call a foul. This is fucking bullshit. The ref's like, you're out of here. And he's like, oh, the language is what you have a problem with. Okay. And then he throws the basketball. Like he doesn't throw it. Like he doesn't whip it. He just like tosses it and hits the guy in the back or the butt or whatever. But like, I just love his like m- sort of mini meltdown there. Like I can't. Yeah. Believe... And he's like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. And then he just like walks away. <laughs> Like, that's great. Like, he, he's, he stands up for his girls. He got mad because they fouled Dre. Then we have the dance creepy cute thing. Not yeah. more creepy than cute, but a little cute. Then he gets fucked up later in the movie, goes to his co-worker. Like, he and his co-worker have, like, sex one night. Like, you know, Dre and Gosling prepare dinner for them, and then it seems like the plates are Which untouched. Which was really cute and weird, too. This is, again, she's, like, girls, like, jokes, and he's like, well, can you tell me one? And, like, they're having this, like, very sensual dinner-making moment. Like, they're having the pre-date or, like, the dinner-cooking experience together. yep. yep. And then he just, like, changes, and you see him, and then he has sex with the teacher. Yeah. What if Dre wouldn't have left? You know, this, yeah. these are, like, these are all of these weird things that happen, and it's just, like, the way the movie shot made me feel uncomfortable for these reasons. I get it. I mean, I had known, like, I had read your messages, and I sort of had that, like, I was kind of looking for that. I didn't get those vibes, and I'm glad I didn't, because I was, I probably would have liked this less. This movie has such corny jokes, like, uh... 
you know, oh, it's know. nacho cheese, and then Gosling's brother's girlfriend does the interrupting cow joke. They're corny jokes, but they're told in a cute way. Like, we just watched, which came out a couple weeks ago, as you're listening to this, for Hanks the Memories, our Tom Hanks podcast. In 1988, Tom Hanks was this movie called Punchline, where he's a stand-up comedian. Okay. The jokes, like, li- almost 0% of the jokes in that movie are funny. That okay. movie also, in earnestness does the why is six afraid of seven because seven, eight, nine. And the person he's telling that to has never heard that joke before. And it's like, God. oh my God, like it's, it's awful. And I feel like yeah. here it's those jokes, but it's told in a way that it's like, oh, this is meant to be corny as opposed to like, yeah, these, oh, this is like, these know, aren't good jokes. Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, so he and the teacher have sex and then, you know, a couple scenes later, he gets fucked up and then goes to her apartment and gets, like, a little rapey. He gets very rapey, which is another reason why this is so weird and predatory. Yes. Because he's, like, forceful about it. She, like, locks herself in her bedroom, and he leaves not before he she uses her armrest cover to, like, stop his cocaine-addled bloody nose. No, 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 she punches him in the face. Oh, well, because he's got bloody noses the entire movie. I, I forgot that he, she punched him, but, like, yeah. you know, he's got bloody noses all the time. Just that's the lip. Coke. It's the lip thing, because that's mm. why he has the Band-Aid for the rest of the movie. He's, like, forcing himself on her, and, like, he, like, leans back, and she hits him, and that's how she gets away. And I feel like this is kind of the beginning of the end until his rebirth, because it's this, and then he shows up really fucked up to school, and then sort of gets taken away, and then he goes to the crack den, and then that's when Dre sees him. I don't think he gets taken away from school. Does he get taken away? Does, like, the principal come get him? Well, because at one point... I think he Dennis just, like, doesn't well, no, show up the next day. No, because he... also well, he's in class, and he has the bloody yeah. nose, and he runs out, and he goes to the bathroom and takes care of it, and then he goes to the teacher's lounge, and he's talking to Dennis O'Hare, and he's like, don't you have class now? And he's just like, I can't do it, or whatever. They're like, oh, the principal wants to talk to you. And she, he's like, oh, it's probably about the curriculum, but I think it's more like either oh, suspended okay. or fired or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay. I think there's like a very, like we don't see it happen, but he's like, oh, like because God makes and, sense, yeah. and then like, whoever it is, like Dennis O'Hare, is like, oh yeah, that's probably it, or maybe the coworkers like, oh, like he's got problems, like he came over to my apartment, like you know we're in this weird relationship, or yeah, any knows? of these things, yeah. There's a sequence here, probably like 15 minutes toward the end of the movie, where it's just like, oh, this is his dark night of the soul in terms of the the screenwriting thing, you know, save the cat, the the book that I was saying about, like there's like these like 15 beats in every movie. And there's one that's the Dark Knight of the Soul, which is like after your character bottoms out, like after he experiences the worst thing in this movie, he sort of wallows in that for a while until he sort of rebounds, becomes better. And yeah, so that this, is, this is his wallowing. This is where like he's doing more drugs, he's getting rapey, he gets fired or suspended, like everything is falling yeah. apart for him until the very end of the movie where he shaves, cleans his apartment, drinks some water for the first time all movie. I'm going to tell this corny joke. I'm not even going to get the joke right. You know, I'm, I'm sort of on the path for who knows how long to uh, a better life. And he's, and he's friends with Dre. She's there. Yeah. Do you have any other moments in terms of most released? Because that's all I had written down for those. No, we covered all, we covered all of them through talking about the movie. So then, Joe, like, let, mean, us, let us talk now about what's in your hands. Hey, Gaz, what's in your hands? What's in your hands, Gaz? The most obvious one. Which is? Crack pipe, of course. I thought you were going to say, so like the first scene in the movie, this is something we talked about recently, it's Gosling waking up from the floor in his tidy whitey's hand down the front of his pants. And I was oh, like, oh. dick in his hands. Dick in his hands. Dicks in our hands. Dicks. In our hands. In our hands. There were so many things, like, quickly, and, like, they're not as Briefcase. interesting as the other stuff, but, like, he's carrying, like, a loaf of bread and a thermos and a suitcase into his job as a teacher. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. The steering wheel, of course. Driving uh, basketball, both as a good coach and also throwing the basketball at the referee. <laughs> yes, basketball is a good one. He's got a couple of cats, cats in his hands. The cat in his hands. Yes, that mm-hmm. that was one of the ones that. What else? He's got the normal teacher stuff. He's got like you know chalk, chalk. 
I chalk I had. There's that one moment, I don't think he nails it, but like he, I think it's after the insult or whatever, he's like writing on the board and then he like tries to do like that toss over his shoulder to like get the chalk to <laughs> lay on the ledge and I don't think it works, but like he looks so cool doing it. No, and he says like, and he says like almost had it too. Like he acknowledges <laughs> that he didn't do it. He was like almost or like something like that, which was really funny. Like that will be like such a cool teacher moment. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yep. as, as, as a kid, I would remember this. Like my teacher's like, like he is a cool teacher and then he tries to do something like that. You're like almost had it. Yeah. And you're like, no, you didn't. Like, you're just an idiot. Like Also in class, he has the arm wrestling competition, so he's got a student's hand in his hands. Yeah, that's when he's arm wrestling donut, yeah. The paper towel that he rings into his mouth, oh, which had to be, yeah. like, the worst water I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He, like, you know those brown paper towels? Like, yep. they just, like, make your hands smell? Yep. And, like, do you ever have to, like, wipe your face with one and yep. it's kind of gross? Yep. Imagine trying to drink water out Ugh. of that. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It makes my stomach curl just thinking about it. I think you mentioned the scene earlier, but when Dre comes to talk to him at lunch, he's like, why aren't you eating with the other teachers? He's like, I wanted to be yep. alone. He's got that peanut butter sandwich in his hands. And also, yeah. given that the director's at Captain Marvel and we got Falcon in this movie, just reminds me of Endgame where Black Widow is just eating that peanut butter sandwich by herself just like this it's like a sad yeah you're low effort it's like so lonely right like I don't I don't even have energy to prepare a meal for myself and I like that they're always like peanut butter sandwiches they're not even like peanut butter and jelly no it's just it's the one thing that's all I need also can we I want to point out that we have our other podcast Channing Tatum the Magic Mike's podcast yeah so my sister and I a couple times like we, we we sort of have our I think this, we, we consider it normal, I don't know, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like mostly peanut butter, a little bit of jelly. Exactly. Same. One time we saw Channing Tatum describe his perfect peanut butter sandwich, and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it was like a little bit of peanut butter, whole lot of jelly, and like my sister said to me, she's like, this is disgusting, like we don't like him anymore, like it was like so gross, like mostly jelly with a little bit of peanut butter, it's like that's not... Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I, I agree. He's got the carrot in his hand, so he's doing the, the, the dinner prep we were talking about before. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I had written down was... He's got a lot of analog, physical, tactile media. Like, he's got the cassette in his car. Records. He's got the vinyl records. He's got the books. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of really kind of before ebooks, but, like, he's talks to Dre about how she's, like, Little Miss MP3 or whatever. He's got the vinyl records. He's got the cassettes in his car. He's, like, this little tactile, like, touch with the, 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 the history of music and books and stuff like that. So I didn't bring it up, so I'm glad that you, you segued into it and you reminded me. My favorite quote in this movie mm-hmm. is when they're talking about like his books, right? Like they both talk about them. And also see you see all these parallels between like stuff that Dre does and then stuff that a girl that he sleeps with does. And that's that's what's freaking me out. The teacher comes in, she's like, Oh, all your books, like you have all of these like communist books. Are you a communist? And he's like, No, I'm not a communist. If I had Mein Kampf, would like you think I was a Nazi? And she's like, Well are you a Nazi? And he's like, No baby it's not cool to be a Nazi anymore. Which, and I was like, oh. I don't, want, I don't want to spoil things, but in the movie that we have not seen yet, he's going to play a Nazi. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to be a Nazi right now. Yeah, I, I, I wrote down, <laughs> quote, it's just not cool to be a Nazi anymore. And then I wrote, welp. And then I wrote down the movie. That because, didn't hold up well. Nope. There's going to be a movie where he plays a neo-Nazi. Oh, just, cool. Just wait for that. Uh, between here and the end, uh, there he will play a Nazi. So uh, Nice. Yep. That sounds interesting. But yeah, and then you know, when Dre comes over, she's like, why do you got all these books about black people? He's like, well, I got books about a lot of people, a lot of kinds of people. So Yeah, that's a really cool thing. They all, But I like that both of them saw the things, they saw like a specific thing. You yes. know what I mean? That's what like, they were looking for. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Anything else in his hands? I don't think I have anything else written down. I don't know if no, I... No, I don't. I don't either. Let us watch the trailer. Then here is the trailer. If you go on YouTube and search Half Nelson trailer by Axe One Entertainment, 1.1 million views posted 12 years ago. This is one that, like, back when YouTube was just very young. Did I ever tell the story? I don't know if I I might have on a podcast, but when I was a junior or senior in high school, this was like this, like, like, 05, 06. So I don't remember exactly what year. 
I had one teacher who was like, an English teacher, he was just like, there's this new site, YouTube. He's like, this is going to change everything. And like, that was when YouTube, I think we talked about this, when like, it was just like, and one mixtapes, and it was like, just stupid <laughs> bullshit. And I was like, there's nothing It was like here. videos from E-Bomb's world that like, weren't on E-Bomb's world anymore. Yeah. And I was just it like. It was like, cats, cats, or what was it? The rabbit exploding when a race car hits it, stuff yeah. like this. Or like yeah. Randy Johnson throwing that fastball, exploding the bird. Like, it's just like, there's, yes, exactly. it's, not, it's not useful. Like now, if you search on YouTube and something's not there, it's like, well, why, why isn't it there? You know what I mean? Like we're, it's supposed yeah, to be exactly. here. Everything's supposed to be here. I can look up stuff like how to replace a light bulb in my specific year of car. Yep. And somebody's doing that light bulb yep. in that car. Yep. It's like incredible. Yeah. There have been a few things where I was just like, oh, this is dumb. Like this is never going to catch on. Guess what? It did. Um, and also I remember <laughs> similarly, and I also might've said this when I told this story before, when Netflix was like, okay, instead of paying $10 a month for streaming and discs, it's now $8 a month for each. Like if you want to do both, it's $16, whatever. I was like, this company is going to go under. This is the end of everything. And then, <laughs> nope. Um, so there's been a couple times where I've been like wildly wrong about things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 12 years hey, ago. Hey, man, I said, I told everyone that I wouldn't go hang out with Wiz Khalifa because I didn't think he would ever be famous. So <laughs> um, so do you have the trailer ready? I have the trailer ready. I'm ready whenever you are. Three, two, one, play. Okay. Axiom Films. Mm-hmm. Never heard of them before. Oh, waking up on the... This is also like the lowest res trailer we've ever seen before. Oh, it is. It's terrible. Mattress on the floor is bad, too, man. This also feels I like, like these a sunglasses. full-frame trailer spread to widescreen, so... Did you see the sunglasses I bought in Italy? They look a lot like those, except they have, like... They're, like, mirrored on the front. But they're very similar. This trailer's already done, like, a nice job of, um... Doing the dichotomy of like, like, just like hungover as fuck, and then also like upbeat and cheerful, and like light tie, light shirt, and everything. Yeah, a near perfect film. Wow. I wanted him to, to block her, but I think he just like slapped the wall away. I did. I wanted him to see her. Him totally like. Because I think I had written down a note, and then I heard him say, "Not in my house," and I rewound it. I was just like, "As I admit, ah, oh, no, it's not okay." Yeah. I thought that he was trying to hide smoking from her in that scene when he's coming around the corner. But you're right, he's hiding from her. Yeah. I do like when he says that he doesn't do cocaine a lot anymore, he can handle it, and he was just smoking crack the scene before. You don't think about working? Seeing Falcon in this is weird. I know that I'm the last I was I also wondered if they were in cahoots and that after they had their meeting that he sent that they were like setting her up to go on a drug run to Gosling's house to like show her you know what I mean like if one of them knew like if, if Falcon was trying to be like hey this is who your teacher really is and she's like oh I already know that or if Gosling was like oh Dre's probably with him this is a way I can see her you know yep goofy dance Goofy dance. I'm one man. I looked her up on Letterboxd. She's been in a bunch of movies, like eight movies. I've never seen of the other ones, but like, she's like a woman now. She's 30 years old. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah. Just being like this kid, she's like a, a person. You know what I mean? She's a great actress in this too. Yeah, she's great in this. And there are some changes you can't. Sometimes I sit at work and look like Gosling when he is at school there. What I liked about the, the closing credits here, well, I liked Gosling just like laying on the on the slide, like I just can't. I cannot anymore. Um, what I like about the closing credits is it says Ryan Gosling, Sharika Epps, who plays Dre, and Anthony Mackie. It's like, the, this is a, basically, we were talking about before, this is a three-person movie. Like, there's other people around, but like, yeah. these are the only three that you really need to know about. Like, these are the three that we care about. Exactly. 
Yeah, that trailer wasn't bad. I still don't get why the movie's called Half Nelson. I don't know. Let me Do see. You have any let me theory? see what the actual. Um, let me see what the exact the verbatim trivia. I think I was saying before we started recording that one of the trivia is that the Half Nelson is a wrestling move. The film's title Half Nelson refers to a wrestling hold in which one arm is passed under the opponent's arm from behind to the back of the neck. I guess it's maybe just like you're kind of at the mercy of someone or something. Like he's at the mercy of the drugs yeah. and everything. Especially considering the short film was called Gowanus Brooklyn, which is like a neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Um, so we it. we got lots of room to improvise in fire ass titles when we get there. But Joe, first Google game, we're gonna search Ryan Gosling half Nelson or half Nelson Ryan Gosling. There's only two. I did this last night. There's only two that you can guess. Um, both things. Sunglasses. Yep, that's one. And um, can you get two for two? Don't try try to think real hard. We talked about it a couple times already. Basketball. Nope. I was gonna say not far off, but it's not really. It's not close. But it's sort of cat. Nope. I don't know. Crack pipe. Nope. What? Dance. Uh, I think people okay. probably just want to give of that elbow thing. Yeah, I think so too. Probably for like Imager or, or what is it? Fucking Tumblr. Yes. Also, are, are you watching Euphoria on HBO? I watched the first episode after this last night, and I told Rachel I couldn't watch anything this dark. For, oh, because you know uh, it's, the rest it's of the night. by the guy who did Assassination Nation, which was my second did you watch movie it? from last year. Oh, I love it. I love Euphoria. How many episodes is it in? Five? Five. Okay. There's one character, well, I don't you might have met already, I'm not sure, but she's a fan fiction writer um, who like oh, blows no, up I on didn't. fan fiction and Tumblr and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, oh cool. close to our heart. Close to our heart. Okay, Joe, the Letterbox game. So I'm going to go to Letterboxd, and I'm going to go, let, for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 377,000 people. Yeah. Half Nelson, 2006, directed by Ryan Fleck, Anna Bowden, starring Ryan Gosling, Sharika Epps, and Anthony Mackie. Has been seen by how many people? 35,000. Lower. 27,000. A little bit lower. 25,000. 24, 131. Even with Ryan Gosling carrying this, I and it being like kind of an indie movie, and it having Best Actor nom, I, I couldn't see it being a ton. Because I think, I, I really wonder, say this was like, say the performance was exactly the same, but Gosling does not become who he becomes. Like this probably would have been lost to the sands of time. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. because he is... A superstar now that sort of gave this movie kind of extra life the same thing with like this is anna Bowden and ryan fleck's first movie they would then go on to do a couple movies and then just get captain marvel like it's sort of like it's notable in the set their first movie but it's also because gosling this is his first academy award nomination so joe out of this yep. twenty-four thousand people average score of 3.6 i get a 3.5 how many have it in their top four um three higher six a lot higher really 20 Higher. 35. Higher. Really? 50. Higher. 70. Nintendo 64. Damn, that's way higher than I expected. I was Holy looking shit. through the reviews last night to find one that... Uh, yeah, it would be fun. A lot of people love okay. this movie. Like, this is a very important movie. I think, especially if you're like a teacher, maybe, this could be an important movie. So I'm going to go to Luke at Try20 on Letterboxd. Okay. Looks like he's still using Letterboxd, but he hasn't... Oh, no, he's still using Letterboxd. At LNL320 on Twitter. Top four movies. His number four is Half Nelson. All right. So here's... I'm gonna, I want you to... Actually, I'm not going to be able to do this. Number two is the... The reason I picked this is... Number two is the movie that we use as a reference for the Letterboxd game. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Correct. Now, numbers one and three are both movies that we've had in the Letterboxd game before. His favorite Avengers movie of all game. time... <laughs> is a crime movie with two really big actors who share one scene, and this was, like, the most important movie. Like, like this, I can't believe it's two actors in this one movie together. It's either Heat or Seven. It is Heat. 
Okay. Um, and then number three, uh, how do I how how have I described this movie before? It's... On the note of heat, though, do do you think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like the new age heat because we're finally gonna get Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio together? Maybe. Like that's why heat's on the brain and why I said it so quickly. That is my heat moment. You know what I mean? Like, we're finally going to get these two together, which were, like, two of my favorite actors growing up. I I love Pacino and De Niro, too, but just, like, getting Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in the same movie, I'm just like, holy shit, we've gotten to this point. Speaking of Heat, did you see a movie that came out last year called Den of Thieves? Have I told you about Den of Thieves? No. no. Den of Thieves uh, stars Pornstache from Orange and the Black, Pablo Schreiber. Oh, you mean... What's his name? Ziggy? Not not Ziggy's brother. Ziggy's cousin. Ziggy's cousin. Yes. Yeah, Frank Sabatka. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick, no, Nick Sabatka. Nick? Yeah, his dad was Frank. Frank. Yeah. Denethews came out last year. It's Gerard Butler, porn stash, and it's like, it's basically a remake of Heat, kind of. Like, it's long. It's like oh, two okay. and a half hours long. It rules. It's great. It's a bank robbery movie. Cool. It's great. Check that out if you want. A, a sort of a modern day kind of just a cool fucking bank heist movie. Yeah. Number three is to a certain. Okay, so this is not a Ryan Gosling movie, but to people who love Ryan Gosling. This is one of the probably on the Mount Rushmore of their favorite kind of movies, if that makes sense. No. They love Ryan Gosling. This is... How do I... It's set in the near future. Okay. Uh, it's sort of a weird kind of sci-fi love story. Her? Yep. Oh, damn. I can't believe I got that. Wow. We need to play, like, charades or, like, $1,000 pyramid together, right? Because, yeah. like, at this point, we're, like, we're, like, I think that if we had more of a spread, like, you're trying to hide it from me and give me clues. Yep. Imagine if you were trying me, for me to get it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we would be really good at this game now. Joaquin Phoenix weird pants movie. Yeah, Her. Joaquin Phoenix, earpiece, yep. computer. But, you know, like, doesn't it sort of, like, that feels like, of the people who love Ryan Gosling, like, her is kind of, like, on the Mount Rushmore, yeah. like, in that sort of, like, the, the tweed. It's the same wheelhouse. Yep. I agree. Yep. Cool. So I, I thought, like, I picked that one because I was like, these are four big movies. Like, a that lot of I people get. that I looked, like, I looked at probably about ten profiles, and there were a lot of movies that even I've never heard of. I was like, oh, I don't even know where to begin with a lot of these, but Yeah, because one... this could go really weird. You could like, like, really artsy movies if you like this one. Yep. Okay, Joe, fire-ass titles. If we're going to take this movie and rename it in the style of High School Musical, basically the barest essence of what it is, I'm going to start, take the movie from the, take the title from the Cameron Diaz movie. Bad teacher. Um, dangerous minds. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I wanna, I wanna try to come up with like a metaphor dealing, like where it's like you're teach, like you're, you're giving information, but also giving drugs. Passing. Passing. Pushing. Pushing. Um, That's a good one. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sort of mull that over. But there's, I think there's something there. I got. How about coach? Just coach. Okay. And then I got, and then I got a, a, a perfect one. Okay. Get you, get you, get you, get your head in the game. That would be like the only thing that would make High School Musical better is if Gosling played Zeph's dad. Yeah, like you yeah. know he's like five years older than Zeph, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but he, and then he's still smoking crack in the mm-hmm. boys' locker room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to do the obvious: Gos Nelson, half Gosson. Yeah, half Gosson. Not wrestling. Cracked. Cracked. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy way to go. I was trying to come up with like a WWE acronym that involved drug use. Mm-hmm. World Wrestling Narcotics. Or something, you know? Mm-hmm. WCW. With crack, without. <laughs> without crack withdrawal. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought this would be gonna sort of be easier, but it's it's not. Like, this is sort of a different No, I'm one. just at a, the dance. Yeah, okay. Falcon. What about, like, <laughs> instead of, like, the wire, you do, like, the string or something? <laughs> Stringer bell. Oh, yeah. Donuts. Cool. 
All right, Joe, let us talk about the most and least boyfriend, boyfriend material moment in this film. But before we do, let me re- recap what you guessed last time. I'm also okay. excited because the next movie we're doing, Stay, I have zero idea what it's about. I know that we'll the poster is guess. green, okay. and that's all I know about it. So here's what you said, the most boyfriend material moment. You said it's a biopic of Ryan Gosling as Brett the Hitman Hart, the wrestler. Yes. In the movies, the most boyfriend material moment is he has a wrestler girlfriend. They sensually shoot steroids into each other. So I'm going to give you half a point drug use fair he doesn't share drugs with anybody but or i guess with the the, the hookers or whatever but uh yeah you, you have drug use right um he teaches her how to do it teacher again half point full point teacher here. oh yeah he teaches her how to do it so she gets bigger and becomes a better wrestler and then the least moment was that he had hepatitis the whole time he had hepatitis the whole time and they shared needles he gives it to her from the needle well i think that should be like a quarter point because he's a scumbag this whole movie it's true i was close so now before really we close. guess stay what is your pick for the most boyfriend material moment in this movie? I would have to go when he's making dinner with Dre. Okay. It's just like such a cute moment. Um, Rachel and I cook together a lot. That's like, a, it was special to me. Sure. I don't think it might be like the most boyfriend material moment, but like when I watched it, I was like, this is a really cute moment. I'm going to go with when he defends his girls and gets tossed from the basketball game, just because like that's, that's like, a good fiery passion there. I mean, a lot of him, like when he is on his game as a teacher, all of it is kind of boyfriend material. Like he's like, he's helping, he's literally shaping America's future. But I think the most physical representation of that is getting tossed from the game. Now, least yeah. boyfriend material moment, lots to choose from. What is your least boyfriend material moment in this movie where Ryan Gosling plays a crackhead? Him forcing himself on that teacher. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's like way up there. That's not a very boyfriend material moment at all. I'm going to go with one of the two times, I guess, that Dre catches him smoking crack. I'll go the first time where like it's the turning point. Like This is like, oh no, my life has changed now. Like I'm at my low, I'm doing drugs on school grounds that got caught by one of my students. Like that is for that one. Like the related scene to that, that gets me even worse is when he's, when he's doing bumps in the school parking lot during the dance. Like when he like walks outside and it's like, and like, and then he sees Dre. I'm like, how low is it that you're like, have to like do some toots while you're chaperoning the school dance to make it through. Like that's bad, but yeah. 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 I can relate. So now, Joe, stay our next movie. I have no idea what it's about. What is your pick for most boyfriend material moment? It's a movie about the championships of Red Rover. Okay. And <laughs> Red Rover, and Red Rover, whole... Ryan Gosling come over. Yes. And and the the whole thing is that he he's he's uh, he has PTSD from his early Red Rover days. Okay. And he and he can't. He can't cross, so he just stays. So what's the what's the most boyfriend material moment in that world? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining this movie. The most boyfriend material moment. He he's he's like a coach of like a young girls team like this. Like he's okay. like the coach of the young girls team, and he like comes up to a girl and he's like, "Don't be like me. You can do this." Okay. And like that's like wow. And they and they like and he puts his hand on her shoulder and he's like, "You can do this." And then she puts her hand on his shoulder and says, we can do this. (laughs) And they both cross. That's the end of the movie. Um, (laughs) They they both run over, which is, yeah. (laughs) So in this, in this world where he's coaching a girl's Red Rover team, it's just a bunch of like middle school girls and an adult man running across. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And now the least boyfriend moment, is is it him trucking the girl as he like runs across? (laughs) Yeah. He just clotheslines a little girl, like full arm bar, and just like crushes her. 
<laughs> and everybody cheers except the girl with the broken nose. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Okay. God, I want to see that movie so bad. I wish I had more money to convince. Like, can you imagine if we had enough money to convince Ryan Gosling to shoot like an SNL skit of that? Love it, love it. <laughs> Be like, this movie's called Stay. Don't leave now. I'm gonna say <laughs> Stay is about. I'm gonna say I think maybe because I have her on the brain. It's a sci-fi love story. Okay. And he's a time traveler. Oh. And he's okay. We're set in the future, but not crazy distant future. Like, we're going to say, like, 2077, right? Okay. And he falls in love with an android. It's a little Blade Runner-y. And he falls in love okay. with an android. He's like, I got to move on. Like, I have this mission to do. And she says to him, I want you to stay. And his most, yeah. boyfriend, material moment, his most boyfriend material moment is that he stays. Instead of taking the yeah. mission, he stays with her. But then the okay. least boyfriend material moment is that because he stays, he sort of has lost his purpose in this world Stay as such. Track. You know, he it's a destructive relationship, and he just treats her poorly, and he's like sort of a, a ship lost at sea. And the movie did ends... he break his telus? I, I think he should have broken his transponder too, so like he Ooh. can't. He's like he's like I'm gonna stay, and just like snaps mm. his way to get back. But the movie ends in sort of an upbeat note. He's like I got to move on. Like this is not healthy for either of us, and he leaves. And that's the the sequel, Leave, of course, that we already covered. <laughs> boyfriend material but yeah so it's a science it's a it's a time traveling movie that like we don't see a lot of time travel like we just see him in the future with this sort yeah. of synthetic girlfriend kind yeah. of Lars and the real girl kind of blade runner blade runner kind of kind whatever. of her yep. yeah so we'll do that next week on boyfriend material so now joe let us talk about the awards and i, I want to ask you a question last episode we did goss and the real girl Lars and the real goss right or two episodes ago Lars and the real goss yeah. right we did not nominate Best Kill of Bianca. Do we want to nominate? Do we? Do we? Because it's unclear at the end whether or not he actually kills Bianca in the in the water. Do we want to nominate the drowning of Bianca for Best Kill? I would like to. Yeah, that's okay. fine by me. So, uh, drowning. So we we already have drowning love in uh, Blade Runner. So we're gonna say drowning Bianca in Lars and the Real Girl. So now half Nelson. Best film. I'm gonna say no. No. But best role for sure. Yeah, it's a great role. I can take that. His name is Dan Dunn. Dun-dun-dun. Dun. Most boyfriend material caliber role, no. Least, yes. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. A thousand percent. Most fun film, no. Best song, no. Best soundtrack, no. Best cinematography, no. Best costumes, no. Best or worst hair? What do you think? I think it's kind of, again, sort of no, neither. down the middle. It's mid-range, mid yeah. Best or worst love story for... It's not really... There's not really a love story here. I mean, there's a couple weird relationships, but I, I feel I like... Saw, I saw that there was almost a love story, so... But I wouldn't nominate it for best because I don't want that to. I don't want to think about this for a long time. So let's just let's just leave it off there altogether. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't think he's. Does he scream or does he cry in this movie? I don't know that he does. He does. He he does like a he does a goss yell when he talks to Falcon, but I forget what he says. But he definitely yells. But is it he's on like, par? He's like, with you're not like... listening. But no, it's not like a real goss scream. But I I got a little excited when I saw. Gotcha. It. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he cries. Does he cry? No, he just smokes crack. So best Gosling punch in the face. I'll just say his coworker. Yeah, that's a good one. Band aid is key too. Like the 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 <laughs> the flag band aid. Yes. I also think you know there's a there's a point. I don't remember who he's talking to. Maybe it's at the bar. Oh no, it's with the the woman that he picks up at the bar where he's talking. He's just like railing against. Like he's doing rails, but he's also railing against George W. Bush and WMDs and like just he's yeah. trapped in this like. American hellscape, but he's got an American flag bandaid on his Band lip. Yep. Yeah. Best kill. He does not kill anybody. Best no. job. Mm, sorry, I got teachers cool, but 
you know, again, not been an astronaut. Before. Also, yeah. we're recording this on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Goss Armstrong. Best dancing scene. I'm going to say all elbows. I like that. Yeah, I'll take it. Best non-Goss role, male or female. I'm going to say Sharika Epps as Dre. For sure. Thousand percent. I'm with you. Yep. And again, that's a crazy. That's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Move out of how many episodes is this? This is episode eighteen. We have twelve nominees for best non-gods role female, and we know that we're going to get Rachel McAdams too. So like, we this is such a stacked category. I I, I think that you're going to be surprised if you think Rachel McAdams is gonna, is a good role in the Oof, notebook. <laughs> we will find out. I'm just assuming, but I don't know. So we have five nominees, Joe. Best role, least boyfriend material caliber role, best punch in the face. Best dancing scene and best non-Gaz role female. Anything else about this movie you think we should no. nominate? No, I think that's good. Any other last thoughts about Half Nelson before we come back next week for either a Red I, Rover movie or a sci-fi romance in Stay? I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it again, but it's one of these movies that's going to stay with me even though nothing happened, and that's a sign of how lasting I think it is. Yeah. I definitely don't want to watch it again. It's really heavy for nothing happening, but I liked it. Yeah. So for all things Boyfriend Material, we are now a weekly podcast as we burn through the rest of Gosling's movies. You can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Send us pictures of cereal, your thoughts about the podcast, whatever you want, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Come back next week for Stay. And also, more importantly, check out every other Tuesday our Too Fast, Too Forever podcast, watching the Fast and Furious movies forever on loop. Same thing as this podcast, just about those movies, weird nonsense, goofiness, games, whatever, just about Fast and Furious movies. Check it out every other Tuesday, wherever you find this podcast. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time for Stay, right here on Boyfriend Material. Boyfriend Material.